0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 5 Things, a web series dedicated to answering the 5 burning tech questions you have about technologies and workflows in the media creation space, plus tech stuff I dig and how it's used. I'm your host Michael Thomas, and Happy Halloween! I've got some treats and tech for you this year, so let's dive right into Offline Online Workflows. Like most things in the media industry, the term originates from the analog days of yore, We shot stuff on film. Now cutting and splicing film, unless done really carefully, can easily cause damage. Splicing is the basic mechanical task of film editing. Since splices must be strong and accurate, a good splicer and skill in its use are very important to the film editor. So we used work prints, film copies of the original negative that could be manipulated without ruining the original stock. This would be considered the offline edit. Once the offline creative edit was completed with the work print, the point at which the film was cut, the frame numbers, also called an EDL nowadays, were then applied to the master footage, your online. This is also nowadays called the conform. Over the years, the work print became videotape, two inch, three quarters, and in some cases, laserdisc. But all of these formats were still offlines for the film online. Towards the late 80s, there began a movement to replace the creative analog editing that had been done for the past few decades, with computers. The NLE non-linear editor was born. He went off to work on experiments relating to nonlinear time. It appears he may have achieved some measure of success. And today, now that film is fading away, we apply the same paradigm to digital footage inside of our computers. We perform creative edits with the low resolution versions of the high-res master footage. And once our creative edit is done, we tell our NLE to look at the high-res footage instead of the low. If we focus on how offline and online is used today, it invariably involves a discussion on codecs. And you know there are few things in this world that I enjoy more than a good codec discussion. This means taking the OCM, Original Camera Masters, and creating low-res versions, often called proxies, for the creative team to edit with. The low-res versions typically don't look nearly as good as the original, but they take up less storage space, and are easy for the computer to edit with. The quality of these proxies usually lies below what we call broadcast quality. Now I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Broadcast quality is just as it sounds, the quality at which something will or will not be broadcast, per the standards of that broadcaster. And this is unfortunately somewhat subjective. Over the years, broadcast quality has become a moving target, and the transition from SD to HD and HD to UHD has thrown a wrench into the works. And this doesn't even account for theatrical quality. Suffice it to say, broadcast quality is essentially what the distribution partner asks for. Yeah, these are the real uh, Hollywood-quality broadcast movies. None of that time-coding bullshit, blurry pictures. Generally speaking, any format you work with that is beneath broadcast quality is considered offline, and any resolution at or above broadcast quality or the original camera masters themselves is considered your online version, a vast majority of the time. High end feature films with larger budgets can walk this line, but it's a rarity. Here are some places to start. It's important to remember that offline proxy resolutions don't need to necessarily match the resolutions of the originals we can do a standard-def offline for an HD or 4K master. Unscripted reality television shows often cut in standard-def, such as the 15, 14, and 10 to 1 listed here. They're small in file size, which really adds up to storage space savings with thousands of hours of footage, and the format is easy for computers to decode, especially when dealing with multicam. Scripted shows with less footage, or feature films, may move to Avid's DNX for their offline, Bad Robot, for example, often works in DNx115 for movies like Star Trek, Deadpool, and Gone Girl use comparable data rates ProRes. Less random footage and less multicam angles make for less media to have available, which means less storage. Folks who are editing on mobile devices or editing remotely may choose even smaller files that can be transmitted easily over the net, like non-complex H.264 files. Web-based editing solutions like Media Composer Cloud, Media Central UX, or ForeScene rely on this. The benefits of an offline online workflow can be summed up in one word, cost. Working with an uber high-res master, or the originals themselves, requires a beefy computer to chomp through the wide array of formats that we have out there today. Offline media is less CPU-intensive and thus inexpensive computers, or older ones, can be used. Think she'll hold together? She's tore up plenty, but she'll fly true. This directly relates to the concept of a pleasurable editing experience. If the editing application can easily process the footage, then the responsiveness of the application is increased. When you're gliding over your hotkeys, the app and the media are responding. In terms of sanity and pure job enjoyment, a responsive system is worth its weight in gold. Back to tech, we also don't need a large amount of fast storage to house all of the high-risk content. If we utilize an offline workflow, we can spend less money on this nearline storage, and we can connect more machines to that same shared storage. Smaller files equal less storage and smaller pipes. Speaking of storage, offline workflows allow your systems to connect to the network and shared storage more inexpensively. Instead of connecting via costly fiber or 10 gigi connections and the expensive switches they need, you can use more common connection methods, like single E and less expensive switches. If we're looking at using standalone systems, you can now use smaller sized drives and not have to focus so much on a blazing fast RAID system. You can also connect via slower or older connection methods, instead of trying to get every last megabyte of speed from that Thunderbolt or USB 3.0 connection. Offline also allows for portability. You can now cut in a laptop with a single attached drive or even using the internal drive. You can also temp in effects without having massive render times. It's also much faster to export preview copies. Now, while the quality may not be great, Exports are traditionally faster, so it's quicker to get review and approval copies out to creatives that you're collaborating with. You can't have sweet without the sour, and offline online workflows are no exception. Expect a few potential hiccups if you're looking into this on your next project. First off, time. Creating low-res versions of your master files requires transcoding. This can either be accomplished with your editing system, within Avid Media Composer, Premiere Pro, or Final Cut 10, or a third-party transcoding solution. This can cause several problems. First, it ties up your editing machine with transcoding, so there isn't a heck of a lot you can do while it's chewing through all of that content. And two, if you don't use your NLE, then you're using a third-party tool that needs to understand your camera originals. Many transcoders don't understand camera card hierarchies, or all the major camera codecs. If you're tight on time, this can be a massive drawback. Speaking of transcoding, you need to ensure that you're consistent with your frame rates and metadata when creating your proxies. Many NLEs conform from the offline to the online based on basic metadata and timecode. If you don't retain the metadata or change the frame rates, the online conform tool may not be able to successfully find and relink to the original media. If you decide to use multiple applications on your project, maybe Avid for creative editorial, perhaps Resolve for your conforming color, expect to deal with conforming issues. What I mean by this is that it's very rare for NLE project files or EDLs to be 100% interchangeable with every other NLE or grading application. This means relinking from low res to the high res may be problematic. This is another reason. That you should always test drive your workflow before starting a project to ensure it's going to work. This is going to work. It's a movie. I'm a good guy. This has got to work. Now, a low-res version, if the visual quality is poor enough, may not be acceptable to edit against. Checking lip sync, checking focus, or even checking any resizing you may have done on the image can be difficult. Also, as I mentioned earlier, preview copies for review and approve will be visually poor which some demanding clients aren't thrilled with. Lastly, with independent projects, funding can often run out towards the end of the post-process. If you run out of money, and you can't afford to do your online, you're now stuck with your masterpiece… in low res. This is why many productions pay up front to enable themselves to edit with a broadcast quality version so they can do a decent quality export. Indeed there is! We call this a mezzanine file. While offline requires a low-res version to edit with and a high-res version to link back to, many productions go with a mezzanine file workflow. A mezzanine file is a high-quality master from which everything is derived from. In post, this would be a high-res master that is not the camera original. For example, let's say you shoot on a RED or ARRI camera. They produce some very high bandwidth files. What if you were to create broadcast quality versions from this footage, edit with that and then output with that same media. You've created high quality masters that retain enough quality through the editorial and color process and are less compressed enough that most systems can edit them easily. This means that you have the time savings by not having to deal with an offline online workflow. And it also ensures that you can output a version at any time. While you do need some time on the front end to create the mezzanine files prior to your edit, keep in mind, this is at the beginning of the post process. Where stress is traditionally lower than the stress at the end of a project, when you're racing to conform and deal with all of the issues inherent to conforming. Have more offline and online concerns other than just these five questions? Ask me in the comments section or track me down on social media. Also, please subscribe and share this tech goodness with the rest of your Czechie friends. Be sure to check out other episodes of Five Things and all of the other great learning content at moviola.com. Until the next episode, learn more, do more. Thanks for watching.